know that Sense of Soul now has a Patreon where you can get exclusive episodes, mini-series that Mandy and I have been working on for a long time that we can't wait to share with you, monthly readings, Sense of Soul sacred circles, workshops, behind-the-scenes clips, and much more. Hop on Sense of Soul Patreon right now and sign up. Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have with us Anna Noyce. She is an Asui and Karuna Reiki master teacher. She is a shaman practitioner, Akashic records reader, medical intuitive, blessing giver, psychic surgeon, channeler, author, and speaker. She has also studied mediumship and learned various modalities through her experiences using planetary energies, sacred geometry, and vibrational medicine. Anna has worked and studied under numerous spiritual teachers besides her father, who gave her an esoteric foundation as she progressed in her knowledge of the matrix. Anna holds a bachelor degree in science and a bachelor of arts degree in education that she used to facilitate light language courses designed to help seekers, practitioners, and teachers wanting to understand how they fit into the great scheme of things as multidimensional beings. Anna is the founder and instructor of the Light Language University, and she also has a private practice called Circle Insights. We are super excited to talk about the soul and its language today with Anna. Thank you so very much for being with us. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. (laughs) I can't wait to talk to you because I have been putting together, of course, this is how this podcast works. Whatever we're going through or whatever we're deep diving into, whether it's aliens or whether it's codependency, I mean, from just all spectrums, whoever we have on, it's so divinely guided for us. I mean, Mandy and I, through all of this we should be the most sane people I mean we have therapy two three times a week with the most amazing healers all over the world getting different perspectives but yet all divinely guided it's incredible I mean man did you not feel that oh my god it's so crazy (laughs) yeah you talk a lot about language and so it's one of the things that we want to talk to you about since you have a light language university. Mandy and I don't even know really what that means, but we probably do. Really, yeah. So it's like our souls, they're not just limited to English. Thank you. Language is frequency, I think, and vibration. So you're defining light language at the moment. You are defining because light language is the very essence of your soul, your spirit, your being, your resonance, your energy signature. It is everything. And it's every thought, word, deed, action, or breath, including past lives, present lives, future lives, and parallel lives that are happening in your frequency vibration. And you're picking up everybody else's on that four levels of of consciousness. I get this. I can't believe I get this. (laughs) You get it because you're a master at it and everybody's a master of it. The problem is we've been consciously worried about the things I don't know when you're building something if you're like me if I'm building something I'm all into building it and creating it whether it's if I'm cooking I'm about the ingredients I'm about putting it together and I'm concentrated 
It is when you start to master something that you start to look outside the box. And so that's what human beings have been doing. They've been mastering life. They've been mastering what they're doing, whether it's a business, whether they're putting something together. And then all of a sudden, now that we're hitting this age, we are expanding into something that we're going, okay, there's got to be more than just putting the ingredients together. Well, Mandy and I weren't putting together ingredients this past weekend, but we did build something together. Awesome. What did you guys build? <laughs> what was it? Uh, well, sometimes Shanna and I are up in our crown chakra a little too much. And this took us real deep down into our room because we built a cabinet for her kitchen. And man, did we have fun doing it, which if I was doing it with anyone else, we probably would have ended up biting each other's head off. It ended up like crooked and sideways and we couldn't figure out how to do it. It took us like five and a half hours, but we had fun doing it. And that's what I love about Shanna and I is that we can find these simple things to do together and just make it like super fun. But don't you think, Mandy, because we can kind of like understand each other's language, right? Yeah. Even sometimes, I don't know if you feel that, but nobody else understands our language. No. But we understand each other's language. And it comes in many different things, verbally, physically, you know, emotionally her and I have always had that connection. I can't tell you, it doesn't matter how far she is from me, kind of validates how energy has no distance, but I always knew if something was up with her, I always know. I can just, you know, there's like this ding. So what you're telling me that, are you familiar with the flower of life? What the flower of life looks like? It's circle upon circle upon circle. Well, we teach this in the university and we have people take, and if you listen to my videos, I talk about it too. But what we do is we have people take the flower of life. And there might be a hundred people in the class. There might be 10 people, two people, three, whatever. And we have them color 10 little spaces in that circle upon circle. And what's interesting is you would think they would all be the same, but they're not. They're all different. Some of them are S's. Some of them can be straight lines. Some of them can be like, you know, tridents or however, they all come out different. Now, what they're representing are the different um, dimensions and different lifetimes that they've shared. Now, if you're looking at you and Mandy together and we had you color in, you would have similar parts that you would have colored in that match when we put them, when we put the two together. And that tells me you've had many lifetimes together. And that's why you guys share a lot of the same language, which is all part of light language. And you bring that in at birth and you bring that in with your soul essence. So when the two of you are together, it's not just about the verbal language that everybody thinks. It is about that soul connection, which is a language of itself. We saw this thing online we thought it was super cool and we wanted to recreate it. So we went and bought gold metal hoops and we were going to tie them together and put stones on each corner and actually make like a, a decorative crystal grid. Yeah, we made the flower of life together. There you go. I'm sure you picked out a lot of the same stones. And I'm sure there are, there are spaces in there that match perfectly. First, she's talking about building something together, which we just did like less than 48 hours ago. Then she's talking about building a flower of life, which we did. Mm -hmm. You are psychic as shit, aren't you? Oh, we're just connected. That's all.
And that's, that's amazing. But what you're doing is you're sharing your light language with me. So it doesn't mean psychic. What does psychic mean? Psychic means you're able to, to read information. That's all. And every human being is psychic. So I'm just more aware of how I pick up information from your light language. So when you're getting other people's light language and then you have yours, how does one decipher what language is theirs and what language is other people's? I love your question. <laughs> you know, every human is an empath, right? And that includes psychopaths because psychopaths have to, they, they're the ones that find people, you know, and they know which is the weaker. And then you, you have the, I'm, t- I'm going to the way spectrum and then you have the narcissist who close themselves off but they also have the ability to be so every human being is included as an empath so to answer your question yes you have to practice you have to learn what is yours and what is not yours and we have several tools at the university we have the oh gosh the tone scale that my father when I was growing up here I am five years old and he would sit he'd squat down in the middle of the horse head out in the middle of Presidio, Texas on our ranch. And he would draw in the dirt, the tone cell and explain it to me and explain how energy is in shifting and how we, we pick up on these vibrations. So what you can say is, and what we, what we teach is that since everybody's a empath, some people don't know what they're picking up. They don't know what's, what's theirs and what's not theirs. And that's what the university is about. It's to teach you how to step in your power and how to recognize what is yours and what is someone else's. Because you're right. If you go to Target or you go to the grocery store and you brush up against somebody. So if you put your hands out like this, right? You're actually, you're only 30% of your soul is in your body. The other 70% mm. is outside of your body. Whoa. and we're talking and so it's not just long distance and now that with quantum physics they're understanding how those atoms can how we can exchange information and all the quantum physics Einstein understood this but we're doing it all the time and we're always Mm. connected so I've always liked to use the example and I wrote this today in our light language university Facebook page have you ever gone horseback riding Yes. So I was raised with horses. But have you ever seen a rider where the horse goes wherever it wants to go? I was that that was the horse I had. That's what you (laughs) Yeah. And my horse was like normally a leader. Okay, so this is what the gift of the essence of light language is. It's gonna do its own thing unless you learn to control it. So there's a difference between a person who rides a horse and lets the horse go anywhere it wants to. Or there's a difference between a person who knows how to ride a horse. And that's where we want to put you in at the university. We want to put you in the seat. So you control the horse, the gift, not the gift controlling you. Mm. Wow. That that's that makes a lot of sense. I love that visual. And I can still see me freaking out, wishing I wore a sports bra as that <laughs> horse took me in its oh, own direction. <laughs> wear a good bra if you're a woman yes (laughs) you know I also like I like what you said about the impasse and thank you for saying that we talk a lot about impasse on this podcast because it was like one of my first self-realizations and I have been a little confused until recently because I was thinking well not everybody's an impasse but you're right everyone is an impasse just not everybody is aware what I end up discovering, diving deeply into trying to understand then what makes my gift of empath 
different than others. And what I discovered it was that I'm clairsentious. Oh, yes. So it's not that I just can sense all these things um, around me. It can be physical emotions or physical pain. Yes. And I have the same, but let me, let me explain something about an empath and, and person who's aware of being an empath. And I have a, a video on Light Language University about empath, but what we do is a gift. So our people who are going through Light Language 101 and they're learning about their anatomy of the spirit and they're learning how to, to master themselves. And then 102, they're learning how to astral project and, and shift and to move energy. And that's what we learn in 102. So those are the basics. And then we take them into psychic surgery. And someone who has a gift like yours, who has gone through 101, understands now the tone scale and all the, the tools that we give them, and they understand how to merge into energy, they can use that energy to step into someone else's field get a read and step out without bringing that emotionally on them. So now it becomes a gift instead of a burden. So I always tell people, since everybody's an empath, what you're telling me is either you know how to ride that horse and know where to guide it, or you don't. So it's better to learn how to do it because it's such a beautiful gift. Also, what you've told me, and you don't realize this, is, and we went, we're talking about the flower of life and the different dimensions, is that, and I love the colors behind you, so we could use those as an example. But what has happened is, either in this lifetime, past, present, future, or parallel lifetimes that bleed through into your soul anatomy is also bringing that gift in. So possibly we could try, we could go into one of your chakras, open it up and follow into a portal into another lifetime that's bleeding into this, that is allowing you to have this, this gift. And that's part of your soul anatomy and that's basic light language 101. So light language, I want to go back, is all of you. And I think that's the thing we've forgotten. We've forgotten the other part of us, which is exciting and which you ladies are expressing and teaching people and sharing that and getting people aware of this is the rest of us so we go back to cooking we do the recipe we create it but then the energies around it that we put into it the love the feelings the emotions that's the other part that that we're adding into it shanna's just soaking that up like bread and butter right now I can see her body just absorbing that all like, wow, that was beautiful. And, and her, her wheels are turning in her mind about the chakra and opening up and it being a portal into other lives. Oh, yes. That's just light language 101 of what we teach. And once you understand uh, chakras, I had a friend and she came to me and she said, chakras are obsolete. So I don't know if you guys know, and if you know my history, but I, I actually talked to these golden light beings. So one day I went to them and I said, hey, you know, our chakras obsolete because we're teaching this in light language 101. And they just started laughing and they said, no, of course not. That would be like taking your liver and saying that the liver is obsolete. <laughs> and I think we said earlier, Mandy, that 30% of your soul is in your physical body and the other 70% is outside of your body. But we also know the connection of the two. So when you die, it all, all the energy that's expressed through the chakras close down shut and you roll up. It's like a shade that rolls up. And that's when you see the light go out of the eyes because wow. that 30% moves out. 
I saw that so clearly with my grandmother. I mean, I literally just saw the light close down in her eyes right before she'd passed. So it's also interesting to me that you're talking about these golden beings, because when I had my near-death experience and crossed over, my brother had like gold, like all around him. And then his body dissipated. It was almost like he was able to present himself to me in like a holographic form. And then he just became these gold flickers. And um, I was talking to another woman yesterday at my work who had a near-death experience and she described this, these gold beings as well. And Evan Alexander has also talked about this gold. It, it's very interesting that gold, almost copper always comes up. <laughs> well, they're, they're actually very interested in what's happening on the planet right now. And that's why they've been working with me in 2007. Now they're not exclusive to me. They're, they're all over working with other beings, but we're talking about a higher dimension that wants to open up and help with the awakening on the planet. So that's why you're going to, you're going to hear more about them and your brother, if you saw him in that and they're laughing, yes, of course you did, you know, then he is on that frequency of vibration that, and that's another thing that goes into his uh, energy signature. I always put my finger up, you know, cause we all have thumbprints and stuff that's different, but that goes into that flower of life that we talked about dimensions. And so that means he matches. And so he's there. So I know for myself, what I've discovered is that during my energy sessions, I have learned that how I can identify different energies is almost like as if a person was just to close their eyes and they're able to identify that that's a child's voice, that that's a adult's voice, or that's an older man's voice. Like there's these things about energy that have their own personal frequencies, I guess, that are identifiable to me anyways. It's the way I receive it. And I always tell my students, you know, everyone receives differently it may be colors, you know, in different shades or something, but I also see metallic lights. So hard to actually speak about these things because there is no language in our, there's no vocabulary in English to describe a lot of these things. Absolutely. We talk, Mandy and I talk about all the time. So that's why it's so hard to describe. You're doing it. And I think that's really important for what you ladies are doing and what we're doing is we're trying to give people a voice, trying to explain this is yeah. normal. And, and what you're describing to me in those different frequencies, it's sound. So you're picking up sound, you're picking up the vibration of sound and you may not hear it, but it is happening because there's sound all over the music of the spheres, you know, there's it's sound everywhere. And that's how you're translating it through your bringing it in. And then you, you translate it. Okay. Cause sometimes, you know, people ask, well, how do you know if it was like a loved one or if it was like, I'll just say an archangel. Yes. And I say, well, because the archangel has a very massive energy to me. This is how I receive it. Feels divine and extremely spiritual. And where a loved one doesn't seem as connected to me, it's just how I'm perceiving the sound or the vibration and frequency that I've learned over time. And it takes time, doesn't it? It's not something you can just read. You have to experience it to figure out how you receive that's light language <laughs> you're you're describing it see i told you you're a master of this 
Let me tell you something else. When you go and you Google light language, you're going to hear people talking in tongues. They're going to be going, you know, and, and, but light language is also in the frequency of just regular language. And how is that? Because every vowel that you pronounce is a part of the spiritual anatomy and every consonant is a part of the physical. So you're grounding in, even if you're speaking language, like English, everyday English, you're speaking a light language that's sending out frequencies and energy and telling me or telling others about how you're connected into that flower of life, telling me about the dimensions, telling me where you come from, telling me how you're empathic. We are learning this language again. We've forgotten it. Yesterday, I messaged Mandy and I said, I just had this realization ah. back in <laughs> 2013, I think. I'm researching mindfulness. And at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of people talking about it. I found Thich Nhat Hanh stuff. And I saw some suggestion of uh, using a mala. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. But at the time, I couldn't even find one to buy. So I made one. Oh, and then everyone in my neighborhood and even my kids, they were in high school at the time. All of their friends wanted a mala. I was making malas. And it said, do it with a mantra. I'm like, I don't know what a mantra is. You know, I grew up, I have a Christian background, but I said, I'm just going to use an affirmation is kind of what I understood. Maybe a mantra was kind of like, so I made one and I was working on self-love. So I was, I was doing this and I was like, holy cow, like I just did it and this is working. And then I was doing a little research because, um, you know, sometimes it was just boring. So I was like, maybe I could play some music in the background. And I found this, uh, YouTube and it said, God is love. And it was a mantra. And so I was like, well, I'll try that. So I really liked it. I really did. In fact, with my Christian subconscious rooted, you know, conditioned mind, I said, oh God, I, why am I addicted to this? I, I probably shouldn't do it, but I like it. It's making me very peaceful and calm and and I would crochet, I was crocheting rag rugs at the time. And I would listen to it, the whole rag rug. And I felt like I actually said many times, everyone was like, what are you, what are you doing listening to this chanting? Cause I'd play it out loud. Even my kids all knew it. And I said, I feel like I'm in the eye of a hurricane. I felt so peaceful there. And so I just was like, screw it. I don't know what they're saying, but the, but the title says, God is love, love is God. I said, maybe it's, they're saying it in their language. I don't know. They weren't saying in English, but I loved it. And I was all into it. Next thing you know, I'm signing up for a Reiki class. I don't even know what the hell Reiki is. You know, my first attunement, I'm like, holy shit, what did I get myself into? I'm in some witch shit, you know, all these <laughs> conditions. And then the next thing you know, I'm awakening to gifts and all these things. And of course it just snowballed from there. But what I realized I did, I, I just last night, I was putting together some stuff to send one of my clients because I personalized my coaching and I wanted her to do some chanting. And I know that it really stimulates the vagus nerve and all this stuff. And so I, I looked up, like, I wanted to know what is it doing to the brain and all this? It says the most powerful ancient Hindu chant. And it says the chant I had picked back then. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you resonated. I didn't even know what I was doing. You did. Unconscious, your energy matched that frequency and needed it, you know? Can you believe that? All believe these years, 
I had no idea what I had been listening to. One of the most powerful ancient chants. Yes. Well, and I'm sure if we looked into your past lives, I'm sure you have a connection to that somewhere and somewhere in your vibrational field. It's like when you look for medicine or you, and I don't mean medicine, like a pill, I mean like food medicine or something you need that your body needs, you reach for it because your body already knows. And that's what you did. You reach for something because your body, your energy fields remembered you needed that. And then I received it. It didn't matter about that. I couldn't understand it. Exactly. Your soul has no English language. So it's the <laughs> vibration, just like the word love has its vibration, no matter what language it's in. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I have a question for you both. What's the definition of unconditional love? Loving with no conditions, <laughs> with nothing, you know, no matter what. You, me, and everyone in the world, that's where we come from. We're loved without conditions, as you said, or no without judgments. Right. So then when we go back into those vibrations, and there's so many vibrations of love, before you hit unconditional, which is fifth dimension, before you're opening that portal, that's what's healing for us. And we all strive. We forget when we come to 3D, and we all strive for love. We want to be loved by our moms, our dads, our family, our friends, you know, the people that we know. But really what we're striving for is to remember that we're already love and every part of us. And so you were reminding yourself, the story you just told me is telling me that you're just reminding yourself how much you're loved. You are love. So that consciousness is, is quite exciting. Well, that's, that's what that chant was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, it was. Well, and I think that around that same time, the reason why I chose that one is because it said God in it. And today God means something totally different to me. I mean, God back then was an old guy on a throne. <laughs> and so I felt safe picking that one because yes. it said God is, and it had God in love. And like I said, I even felt some shame and guilt listening to it because of those subconscious conditions but you let it and go. i i had to because i i felt such an experience within myself of peace and love yes you were experiencing yourself <laughs> you were experiencing I, I was having a conversation with somebody today and it was about the separation the illusion of third dimension is separation we forget but how do you separate the drop of water from the ocean. It's always a part of the ocean. The ocean's always the drop of water or the same thing with the grain of sand on the beach. It still belongs to that same consciousness and you are just reminding. So when we, we do those beautiful things for ourselves and that's what you did for yourself, we remind ourselves that we're, we are the ocean and the ocean's a part of us. We start to remember, and this is something we've forgotten. I think a lot of us have forgotten. It's something we're, we're reminding each other is that we're already whole. Well, I just felt totally ridiculous because I used to give all the credit to the cognitive therapy that I was doing around the same time, which did help. <laughs> it does. Yes. For all along, it was this Hindu chant. <laughs> yes. You know, my mind lately has really been in a place of, like deep resentment towards addiction because it's taking so many people's lives right now. 
And so when you were talking about this light language, it, it makes me sad that alcohol, especially any sort of mind altering substances that uh, I feel like not all of them, but some really quiet that light language. Is there a dark language, dark energy? Of course, there's there's light and dark, and it all is a part of the same ocean. And the and I think we forget that. But to answer your question, and I know where you're coming from, I see that. And quick story: my dad, he was an artist. He was also a philosopher, and he he did languages. So I grew up with with this. But he would have me sketch the top of the apple, and when I got through with the top of the apple, he'd turn it over, and I'd sketch the bottom of the apple. And then I'd sketch all different sides. And when I thought it was finished, he would drop it and then bruise or he'd take a bite out of it and have to resketch. And it was like, this is ridiculous. But what he was teaching me was to look at all sides of the apple. Then that's what we say. This story we use in Light Language 101. And we learn to look at it from different perspectives. So the perspective from the apple that you're telling me is that you're, and I love how, you, how you're looking at it. So without judgment, I see that you see other people and you want them to have this beauty. But let's look at it from another perspective. And let's look at it maybe from a soul contract. Maybe they came in to have that experience. Or maybe it's an agreement. Now, an agreement's different from a soul contract. An agreement is something that we unconsciously, we pick up when we want to try it out. In my contract, it says, I will never have cancer. In this lifetime. Now, there have been four times that I've been at the cancer center <laughs> and I'm going, wait a minute, why am I here? The doctors think I have cancer. And as soon as I remember to clear myself, I go in, do the test, the doctors come out and they said, oh my gosh, well, we made a mistake. So sorry, that's $3,000, including your insurance. And my poor husband, he's paying the money because I've forgotten to clear myself and I forgot I don't have this contract. But that's what an agreement is. It can show up, it can manifest. And so let's look at it from those perspectives, Mandy, when we're looking at people and addiction, that is something that can either be an agreement or it can be a contract. And yet the person that we see and we feel sorry for a story, I was, um, had a client and her, the way her brain, she actually just recently passed, but her, you know how our brains are kind of circular like this? She's missing the two lobes of this side of the brain. So she's really paraplegic. She can't talk. And every day of her life, and she, she lived to be in her 50s, was someone taking care of her, bathing her, changing her, feeding her, all of it. Been working with her for 20 years. But when I first walked in, I felt sorry for her. I couldn't understand why somebody would have to go through that. What did she do and what karma? And then one day, and I was working with her and I was doing Reiki, and all of a sudden I jumped out of my head and merged into this energy. And the facility that she was in were other people like her. And all of a sudden I was saturated with this love and this higher frequency. And it dawned on me in that moment that she wasn't handicapped. I was handicapped because I didn't understand the contract that she had come in to have that experience, to be taken care of, to be loved, and to be in this beautiful environment. Okay. So that, I've never heard this before. So I just want to recap. So it's really been heavy on my heart lately. Like, how is it that someone like me who was in such a dark place was able to receive um, 
this, and it really was light language that helped me to conquer my addiction. It was simply uh, an energy and a man's words that literally in this very intimate moment, just tweaked my brain to where I was able to find forgiveness within myself. And I was able to um, accomplish sobriety. So what's the difference between me and, and someone who was in a very similar moment and it takes them out of this world and they, they pass away from the addiction. And so I had, what, you, what you're saying is I had a soul agreement. They had a soul contract. Well, not necessarily. You could have had a soul contract, but what makes you different? And I'm going to do one thing. What am I sticking up? Your thumb. And what's on my thumb? Your fingerprint. <laughs> Each person is different. And it depends on what they want to accomplish. Do you feel like we have this slight knowing? Because you said you knew that you were not to have cancer. Like that was in your contract. Did you find this thing in Akashic Records? Because like a lot of things that have been told to me in my Akashic Records, I have knowings of already. Absolutely. So Akashic Records is like, again, we go back to the drop of water in the ocean you're always getting information from the Akashic records. The only difference okay. between light language and light language is the Akashic records. Light language is everything. There's nothing that separates light language because we are information. We are essences of coming down to have experiences, to create create these experiences and the information that's flowing is always a part of us. So okay. everything within us is light language. Your I studied Qigong for years and with one of my teachers and you too. So you probably know that each one of your, your brain and your, your organs speak a language. They have a sound and people chant to those sounds to get them back on. Tuning forks remind us how we are. Everything is language. And that's what we've forgotten. Did you know that when you speak something and the sound comes out, the molecules change frequencies and become sacred geometry that creates matter and creates we are incredible beings incredible and that's what light language is we've forgotten because we've been so busy and i think at the beginning i was talking about how we just get focused on something as human beings we get focused and now all of a sudden we're getting to an age where we're going well there's got to be more than just the corvette or the the job or the status, we're realizing that there's a lot more about us. And that's what you guys are, are helping people to be aware of and, and the university to remind us and to get us back into that seat. You guys, I'm sure are familiar with Lemuria. You know what? I would love to learn more beginning. This is years ago. I've had this crystal with me for about six, seven years now, and it's a Lemurian crystal. I haven't learned a lot about that, but I would love to. The Lemurian crystals are really important, but also, mm -hmm. uh, and their inflammation, but also we're spiritual beings. We were more frequency than we were physical. And over the years, we've become more solid. In Atlantis, we became a little bit more solid, and then we've gotten to be solid. Guess what happened? We're actually shifting and going the other direction. We're going from solid to more frequency. And as we go more frequency, we start to remember the language of light which is what we're talking about. The language that you're, you're communicating with, you're picking up things. We're remembering our past, present, future, and parallel lives. We're, we're remembering. You guys know about the anatomy of the soul, right? That the soul, you're having 144 experiences at this moment, right? 
So this is light language 102. We teach about the monad. So if you take the soul, which we've all been taught there's one soul, and that's it. You need to really take care of it. But the truth is the soul is always a part of the water. That drop of water is always part of the ocean. It always merges into everything. And from there, it splits out into 12 oversouls. Now, these 12 oversouls are really our higher selves. And from those 12 oversouls splits out into another 12 of each. So that comes into 144. So what we're learning from when you start to really dive into those portals, and we were kind of talking about the experience of our anatomy of spirit, what we're finding is you're having 144 existences on different lifetimes. So you take that flower of life, you blow that up, and now you have 144 lives out there. And those lifetimes are past, present, future, and parallel. So you're having these experiences from that one aspect of you that's a part of oneness and everything else. And then you bring in the four levels of consciousness. So we have our individual consciousness, which is who we are. The second one's the group, your family, your friends, the people, people that are around. Even what we're seeing out in the world right now, you're seeing a lot of chaos. That's because the group consciousness are waking up. And they're going, wait a minute, we don't want to do this anymore. And this is going, we don't want to do this. And now you see all this disease, everybody's kind of, and it's rocky and everybody's like, what's going on? Well, it's, we're waking up. What happens when you wake up? Sometimes you get mad and you're like, well, wait a minute. Why didn't they tell me this in the first place? You know, <laughs> we have collective consciousness, which is how we're connected to every human being on the planet and how we define what makes a cup, a cup or water, water. And we come together and we say, we all agree as a collective, that means everybody on the planet says, this is what a cup. So when we think that those sacred geometry and the vibration forms the atoms and it creates this cup and the same thing with water and liquid. And then you have oneness, which is the fourth level. And that is, it is everything and it holds everything together. So you are always connected to all four levels of consciousness. And sometimes part of what's bleeding through are not just past and present, future and parallel lives and all the 144, and then all of our anatomy that we haven't even touched on really. But what's happening is we're also affected by the levels of consciousness and how we tune it up and how we tune it down and how we decide we don't wanna hear it. And then we've got our empathic abilities on top of that. That is light language. That's all a part of it. What about ancestry? Where does that fall in? Ancestry is big too. Ancestry falls in our DNA. So when you chose to come in, you chose to come in and either change. Now, you have to recognize that a star, eons are how many light years, is seeing us 700 years behind what we are now because of the light years. So we're doing the same thing with these others and we're connecting into these, yes, to the ancestries and the DNA. When you heal and shift yourself and you know this, you're also helping to heal the DNA from the ancestry. And you chose the ancestry. You chose your group consciousness that you decided to come into and participate in. What do you believe happens when the collective consciousness all comes to agreement on oneness? We change, we shift, we shift. And, and you've heard the hundredth monkeys and teachers have been saying this for years that, you know, that we're just waiting for the hundredth monkey. But you know what? I think what we miss, the one, the two things we're, we're always guaranteed in life, we're born and we die. So it's really the journey in between that we get to enjoy. 
And as we are part of the awakening and as we're starting to shift, yes, we'll shift. The collective shifted definitely on medicine. I mean, we had, the doctors have shifted and they shifted on psychology. That's a whole medicine. And they will shift eventually on light language or whatever it, it ends up with it's a different name if it ends up with that. But they will shift. So you've talked a little bit about light language 101 and then a little bit about 102 in your university. What does it go to? Is there 103, 104? Well, actually we go into it. We uh, do classes in Kashif records. We okay. do shaman classes because I have a background in shamanism. We do, um, gosh, psychic surgeries. Um, we're phenomenal. We are having amazing results with psychic surgeries and we don't use the word psychic actually. I'm, faux pas for me we use intuitive because intuitive seems to be more acceptable for for most people but it's the same oh wow mandy do you remember this conversation at the retreat the retreat so i you know so i teach reiki as well so we were at a a master retreat i did exactly what i said i said i don't like the word psychic surgery and i was like i would love to rename it and we even were throwing out ideas and you what did you decide we didn't (laughs) So, you know, this is why you're telling me, this is what I'm going to call it. Intuitive surgery. Let's use it. Years ago, I used to work at the church and I was, um, I had to go to both services. That was my job. I, I was, you know, healing director and I did other things there, but I had to be at both services. So my family would go to the first service and the second service, I would sit there. I decided to join the band. Well, I don't, if you know me, I love to sing. And they said, make joyful noise. And I make joyful noise. Now I'm not always on key, (laughs) but I make joyful noise. But I didn't know they were turning off my mic, but it didn't matter to me because I sang with my whole heart. And our lead singer was amazing. And she sang, and when she sang, people would come to worship and they would fall on their knees and people would cry. And then they would, you know, it was the whole Christian thing that we did and lead them them to, to Christ. But what was interesting about, about it was one day she's singing the revelation song. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a great contemporary, but the lead singer sings and then she holds the note and then we as backup singers sing it. Well, I must have gotten the note right because I hit the note and as I'm holding, the sound came out of me and out of the harmony and I shot out of my body and went straight into the golden light. So here I'm, I'm having like this, I'm not even in my body. I am totally, and I'm not ready to go home. I'm home. And four golden beings are looking at me and they're actually surprised to see me. And they said, Anna, what are you doing? And I said, I am here. And I, they said, well, you, you, you need to go back. You're still holding the note. And I'm like, I'm not going back. Uh-uh, nope. I'm staying here. This is where I need to be. And they're like, no, honey, you need to go back. So I pull myself energetically back into my body. So it's like shining a light in your eyes. We see, you know, kind of, and as I'm holding the note and singing, I'm seeing these dark spots everywhere. And then all of a sudden, like a hot mirage on a hot pavement, I see this huge wave of energy go over the whole congregation. And then I see people burst out in golden light all around them, auras, beautiful. I mean, we're talking about the lights you guys are talking, we were talking earlier. And then I see people as pitch black in darkness. Now the people in golden light are engaged and they're excited and they're really listening and their mouths are open and they're wanting to, something's happening, supernatural, and they're a part of it. And the people who are there, you can see they're kind of like shut in, they're, they're digging in their purse or they're looking down or they're uncomfortable. 
And as I'm seeing this, we finish, we go sit down and nobody moves. You could have dropped a pen. Now it's before lunchtime and our pastor wants to jump up and do the sermon so we can get people to lunch, but, and do our, our, our other stuff, but nobody moved, not even the pastor. Something supernatural had hit the whole congregation and, and affected all of us, however light or dark or however you want to look at it. But what was interesting is I was asking spirit, what just happened? What just happened? And nothing. It wasn't until the drive home. And by the way, the pastor did get up and he had his Bible upside down, which he never does because he's, he's <laughs> OCD. So everything has to be perfect. Yeah. And he had to turn it. And then he's like, <clears throat> and then he had to find the page and because yeah. something happened. <laughs> but as I'm driving home, I said, what happened? And I'm by myself. Family's already home. They're making lunch. And Spirit said, Anna, they said, Anna, very clearly, they said, when one remembers, others will remember. That's all it takes. See, what we've forgotten is how powerful. When you go out and you, this is what we call light codes. When you remember who you are, like that beautiful chanting, you were doing the chanting and you're bringing that in, you're remembering that you are love. You are unconditional love. You're God. God's part of you. You are the ocean and you are the drop of the water all at once. And when you remember and you walk out, it's imprinted all over your light language. That 70%, if you put your hands out to tip to tip on all levels, that other part of you sticking out. And when you pass against somebody, if you think about somebody, you're sharing that information and they remember and this is what we're talking about, the hundredth monkey. This is what we're talking about, consciousness. But then you're looking at the people who are dark. And of course, you know, I've been in the congregation for 20 years and I'm like, ooh, well, what about so-and-so and so-and-so? And, -so? and spirit says, it's a choice. It's a choice. And each time we have a choice, we're going to go through life, which is like a roller coaster. We have ups and downs. We have lessons. We have karma. We have things that we're working on beautiful things we're working on. And as we have this adventure of life, we get to choose. Do we hold the space of light in our light language and remind people how magnificent they are and how much they're loved unconditionally because we know that and we emanate that in our light language? Or do we hold the fear? Look around you right now in the world. What's happening? There are people that are Matching the fear. And I always do this because we do a lot of Zoom classes and workshops. So this means you're in your power. This means you're not. So two people walk into the room. One's positive and one's negative. Which one's more powerful? If I walked into a room and I'm positive and the person's negative and they're more powerful than me because I'm having doubt or fear, or I go below the heart line on the tone scale, I will match their energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if. They come into the room and I'm powerfully in my power and I'm holding it and there's no doubt, no fear. And they come in, they will either match my energy because they recognize they see themselves as a reflection or they will leave. I have a question about a soul family and, you know, having many lives with, of course, other people and making those contracts. I feel like, you know, I have come across people who, where I'm like, I remember loving them. Mm, yes. Like, I almost feel like I don't have to in this life, but I just remember loving them at one point. And as long as I'm, I know they're good from a distance, like I'm good in this life. But is that another knowing? Is that another bit of an Akashic record piece that's, 
you know, being planted on my soul that I'm remembering. That is a memory. Did you know that memories, even though they do, they can now find out where they light up in your brain, but mm-hmm. memories, are, mm-hmm. they come from the energetic fields, the etheric fields. And so memories come from that. So you're bringing memories in from the Akashic records, but you're bringing in memories in from your fingerprint, which is related to, again, the flower of life. Now, you know that I, and I know that you know that the flower of life, if you take the circles out of it, it can go on forever. How old is the soul? Can you guys tell me? I would say it doesn't, I don't know if it has an age. Exactly. It's, it's infant and mortal. Yeah. And dimensions. Even though I think science is catching up, there's what our teachers and what our ancient ones have taught us is that there, it's unlimited in the dimensions, which for us as a human being, we have to have a beginning and an end. We don't understand everything. And we're starting to step into the cycle of understanding. So science is just now going to certain dimensions and then they stop. Some of the teachings go to certain dimensions and they stop. But your experience comes from dimensions, you know, eons away from third dimension. And you bring that back in. And maybe you bring in a relationship that's not like on an earthly relationship, but it's a different type of relationship. Maybe it's the colors behind you. Maybe you were a purple and they were a blue and you shared that energy and when you come here you recognize that because it's in your fingerprint and it's in theirs Mm. and you emanate that through your whole being your cells emanate this your body emanates this you are just an image of you thinking about like lights and light strings and how we're all connected. And so I just had this vision of you're standing in that congregation and you remembered home, you remembered love. And then all the other little lights started lighting up throughout. And then some chose because it's a choice not to light. Exactly. Beautiful. I love your analogy. Yes. Beautifully said. Exactly. We always have a choice. When you walk into a room and somebody's had a fight, You have a choice to pick up the energy and be angry, or you have a choice to transmute the energy. What we want to teach you at the university is that you always have a choice. And if you decide you want to transmute the energy, well, let's give you some tools to transmute the energy and share that with others. And somebody else coming in, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe that's just what they want to do is just have a bad day. (laughs) So even though you've transmuted the energy, they may just leave because that's not what they want to play in. It's always a choice. Earlier in the episode, you had talked about tongues and speaking in light language. And that when you look it up online, that might be what you found. And it is what I found. I found a lot of people um, speaking in this different language. So what exactly is that? Is that their own personal light language or in connection to their own soul and to the golden beings or to like, what is that? You just answered it. It's to other dimensions. It's other languages from other, and we, we bring up aliens. So it can be from alien races. It can be Anunnaki. It can be races that we don't even know. So whatever is in their experience of their fingerprint comes through in that. And it reminds them of who they are. But again, speaking just regular English or any language, you're already connecting because the vowels are spirits. And the consonants are physical. And you're creating this language that creates this beautiful uh, sacred geometry that
that creates in the universe with all four levels of consciousness. Do you think that different languages throughout different countries are different? They're obviously different vibrations. Like last night I was sitting at work and they were playing a lot of Spanish music and I felt this shift in my body and almost like I was tapping into their light language and their consciousness. And like, I could understand them as people a little bit better around me. And then you're looking at the Mayans. So you go back, you were talking about the, the ancient ones, the ones that are DNA. So you're looking, when you're tapping into that, you're picking up the Mayan, you're picking up the aliens that seeded that and how that comes through. You're picking up all these vibrations. You're reading light language. The OM, the I am, theta brainwave, the vibration of the earth. You know, all these things have the exact same vibration of 432. And so same frequency. Yes. And all of that's a part of our language and all of that's a part of you. And that reminds you. So the vibrational frequency of the earth, if you were astral traveling, brings you back. Well, let's talk about that. You can't just go around throwing those kinds of words around here. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are so much fun. (laughs) No, you are fun. You are super fun. I could talk to you every day about this stuff. Let's talk about astral um, travel and projection. Yes. Okay. What would you like to know? How different is it from meditation? Maybe we'll just start there. Yeah. Astral travel. There is actually where you, you actually consciously leave your body. So you experience your body from the outside. There's that, but there's also where you split consciousness. So you're, you're biolocating, you are still in your body and you're usually in the theta. And a lot of our shamans and medicine men do the biolocating. So they would biolocate because they would still be here. And theta is where you go in. We call it twilight. We do this in light language 101. We teach twilight. So twilight's when you have one foot in the spirit world and one foot in the physical world. And your consciousness can go as a mom. Don't you remember when you took naps and you knew what the kids were doing? Even though you're laying there and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, ice cream. I know they're in there. And then you're like, guys, get out of the ice cream. Oh, we're not in the ice cream slam. You know, <laughs> how'd you Ab- know? <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh. I always thought that that was so amazing how I could feel like I was in a deep sleep. Yet I could sense my baby woke up in the other room in the crib. Yeah. That is, so theta. that is theta and that drum beat that the shamans use is theta and you can put yourself into theta by practicing twilight so just before you go to sleep every human being does this we all go to sleep at night so just before you go to sleep you hit that sweet spot which we call twilight which you're half awake half asleep and that's where you can really start to have those schools and start to communicate with the light beings Because what you've done is you've raised your frequency from the physical body and you've opened yourself up. Now, do you need protection? No, you never need protection. We teach this. I know there are so many people wearing all the rocks and everything and they need protection. You never need protection. Do you need to protect yourself every time you sleep? No, because you resonate at a frequency. And like attracts like, number one rule. Remember the secret, the book, the secret. My father used to, before the secret even came out, I was teased on that. But the point is, once you learn some tools to hold your frequency. So if you walk into something and you're fearful, I mean, we do psychic surgeries. We also do where you extract spirits out of people. We walk in, we hold our space, we're in our power. 
we do the energy work, we open the portals, we do work with the beings, we close it down and we go on. In fact, you feel more empowered when you're working. And I learned this long ago. I want to give you this bit. When I give my energy, you know, this is a Reiki. When I give my energy to somebody, I'm going to be tired and exhausted. When I'm open, like the Reiki channeling flow, I am healed. It heals me. And I have energy and I could do thousands of people. I say that all the time. Yeah. So the difference is if you're using your energy, which is the single mm -hmm. grain of sand, or you're connected to the whole beach and you're channeling the whole beach and we mm -hmm. get to choose again, it's a choice. So when you're astral projecting, you don't have to ever protect. And we definitely teach you not to protect because you don't need it. Yes, I know. Isn't it crazy? I know. And also we teach psychic vampires are not real because it is a choice when you're in your power and you're bringing that energy in you are the flow remember when we walk into the room and somebody comes in they either match it or they leave and the same thing goes if you walk into a space and you're going to do an exorcism or you're going to you don't have to smell really with all these perfumes and stuff or worry about the energy because if you raise yourself into a frequency the lower frequencies do not recognize it. They don't even see you. You can see. So you're protecting yourself by just staying in your space naturally. You could, you could say that. But if you come from unconditional love, a frequency that doesn't believe in unconditional love has no concept of that frequency. If you use love as a frequency, anything that's hate, even though it's the opposite on the gamut, it can't love because it's in this frequency. But what about people who will actually absorb and take on physical aspects? I mean, because I worked with people before with energy work, before I would protect myself and then afterwards, and I took everything home with me prior. And then when I protect myself, I don't take anything home. But there was a time I was protecting myself too much where I had to learn how to let it down in certain times and then bringing it up at certain times. Do you have a pen and paper in front of you? Right here. Okay. We're going to pretend like we're back at the ranch with my dad where he's squatting down and he's drawing, what he draws is a grid. So draw a straight line and then draw a horizontal line. So you'll actually have a cross. All right. This is called the tone scale. The highest, there are two, uh, two emotions and everything fits in those emotions. The highest frequency emotion that we know is unconditional love. So write unconditional love at the very top. And fear is the lowest frequency at the bottom. And then where those two places cross on your, where you cross, I want you to put a heart because we call that horizontal line, the heart line. Emotions like grief go below that heart line. Hate. What else? What other negative words do we have? Shame. Shame. Guilt. Guilt. Oh yeah. Those are good ones. Good. Anything, so you kind of know where I'm going. Anything that vibrates in that frequency. Low vibrational, yeah. This is, this is light language. And it goes out in our frequencies and it tracks those things that are on those frequencies. So now let's go above the heart line and let's look at love, peace, joy, happy. You see where I'm going? And you can actually go on and Google. There are actually like a thousand positive and a thousand negative emotions that the human being feels. It's, it's incredible. Okay. So what we know in the secret <laughs> <laughs> is that like attracts like. So let's say that you, and this is why you need to know about your anatomy. 
because something may have triggered because you walk past somebody or you're walking in, let's say you're doing an exorcism. Let's use the example. So you walk into a house and you're doing an exorcism and somebody has fear and it's a certain type of fear. Maybe it's grief. And maybe you lost your dog six weeks ago and the grief is still in your light language and your light language lights up. And you don't even know it. You're not even thinking about your dog. You're thinking about the work. But because their light language is emanating grief and like attracts like, your light in your light language matches it. This is how impasse work. We match things in people's and that's how we pick things up. All right. So now let's protect ourselves. So if you draw a little stick figure and you put yourself underneath the heart line, this is when you need protection because anytime you're above the heart line, you never need protection. The interesting thing about protection is if you leave it too long, then energy has to flow. And if you don't let energy flow, it does this. Yeah, I have experienced that. The other part of protecting when we're below and the only time we need it is below. After a while, it dissipates. So we're walking around and you don't have it anymore because it's been a couple of days. And that being that's been trying to get to you knows you're there. And all of a sudden it's gone. Guess what? Oops. <laughs> it's going to get to you and you're going to have an experience. <laughs> what we have to teach people. And this is why we teach about the anatomy because it's so much more than just changing our emotion. You really have to know where those experiences and where they're bleeding through and how that's coming. So that's why light language 101 is really important mm -hmm. about this anatomy are you putting pain physical pain and stuff down in those lower vibrational yeah absolutely absolutely and so what you're finding is because you're coming i see you're coming from a different perspective of the uh, psychic surgery uh, perspective but yes that's another thing when you can take somebody out of that frequency so if you're working for with forgiveness if you're working with these other tools and you're helping that person raise their frequency yeah. let's say that i walk in Let's go back to that analogy. Now spirits are talking to me. They said, go back. So I have grief here. An animal died and this person, they lost something and now I've matched it. And now I have a chink in my armor, you might say, or a chink in my, my power. And I don't know it. So then mm -hmm. the being that's on this lower vibration, it sees all the light, but it sees the darkness. There we go. Now it's got me. But if I remember, or I know how to clear or open the space or work on my frequency, I can clear it real quick and this being leaves. Therefore, it's like Teflon. When somebody comes to me and they tell me they absorb somebody else's, and I say this in my YouTubes, somebody else's, what they're telling me is they haven't mastered being an empath. Mm -hmm. We have to master ourselves. We have to know our own. And that's what I love when I was talking about the two of you earlier and you said we're always learning and we're excited about learning yes we're always learning about ourselves we're always finding something maybe it's something that happened an eon ago in the light language and i walk into a room and somebody else they have the same light we're going to call it light code in their frequency and we walk past or we brush or we think about each other and all of a sudden this light language exchanges information and the light codes open up and now i'm having their experience and now we're connected you know, in some way, it reminds me of how when we think about putting down boundaries with people, really, a lot of times the boundary that needs to be put is with you. It's not really the boundary between you. You know, it really has, doesn't have to do with them. It's the boundary of what you allow. And it's for each the frequency that you're dealing with. 
exactly. If you, yes, thank you. I, and I'm sorry, I, I didn't see it, but yes, exactly. Now I see what you're saying. What my father taught me and what my teachers have taught me and what spirit has taught me is every time I point at somebody else, they say, well, look at yourself. <laughs> what is the match? Shift the match and that will go away or that will change or that person will leave if that's not a match. We match people and we match the negative people in our, in our life because there's something happening in our soul existence mm. and we have to identify get it. it. I get it. Okay. So if you're brushing past someone and your light language is in grief and they, they come by you and their light language also is in grief, your light languages are going to connect and share. Yes. And it is how it's supposed to be. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to process this. So meaning like we can't control that. Like you could just be in a grocery store and that happens with a stranger. Exactly. And so then what's going to happen is we might start experiencing. So a lot of our experiences might not even be our own. Well, a lot, they are your own. The, the thing is they've reminded you of your own humanity and they've reminded you of your other lifetimes past okay. and parallel. But what's interesting is in the uh, Piscean age is we've gone, that's your problem. Ooh, I don't like their energy. I don't like them. They make me feel icky. And that's the way we've responded or I'm taking on everybody's what we have to look at is if I start to feel icky around somebody, it's not them. I've matched something in their frequency and what the heck is it in myself that I don't like? Basically just like energy attracts like energy. That's why we have you on our podcast. <laughs> it's why we attract exactly what we need. Just like I said, at the very beginning, we always do, whether it's Mandy or I, we always do this. I have a question. I see your adorable dog behind you napping. Does your <laughs> light language connect with the souls of animals and their light language? Your light language connects with the universe. It connects with the beings around you, the trees. Um, one thing I remember when I was younger, and I'm glad you asked that question, and the animals, of course, it connects. But also one thing, and this is just to share, and this is my uh, a sacred and a journey into the sacred heart, which is my book. But um, one thing too, is to remember that the animals, the trees, everything, the ground you walk on, you're emanating energy into the ground. We know the chakras are connected to the ground, but you're sharing that information about yourself with the beings that are in the ground. My father said, everything's alive. I thought he was crazy. And I said, dad, you're crazy. You know, no, this is a rock. It has no consciousness. But my father was referring to the oneness consciousness or the collective mind. So Your father must have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But um, so the thing that we're learning about in these different is, is how you're connecting. When you're walking on the earth, you are communicating with the plants. Mm. If you wow. go... A friend of mine, she said, watch this. And she took a group of, we were at a fair and she took a group of flowers and she said, I wanted you to see this. And she put the flowers there. Oh yes. Did you hear Oh, there's Kitty. She oh, felt yes. our vibration. <laughs> it was interesting because with certain people, you'd watch the flowers kind of wilt. Mm -hmm. And then with certain people, you'd watch the flowers perk up. And at first I thought she was switching them out on me. And I said, you're, you're, you're tricking me. <laughs> she said, no. She said their light language is expressions with what's connecting around them. Your light language connects not only with the living beings, 
Mandy, but also the things that we consider inanimate objects. One of my friends had gotten a horse. She goes to the stable and, and cares for it at like this public stable near her. One day she saw this woman and she, the woman was giving her horse like Reiki. She could tell from a distance. And she comes over, she's giving my friend's horse Reiki and she goes, she's not grounded here yet. And then she said, and I keep seeing this other horse. And she described this horse that was in Texas. She misses that other horse a lot. When her and I were talking about that, this is exactly what we talked about because I said, wow, look at that. This horse's soul spoke to her soul. There's no language barrier between horse and human. Like she fully understood the emotions, you know, the entire loss and grief and all these things. So are you saying that if you're unable though, to kind of even remember grief, it's hard to probably even connect with grief. Exactly, exactly. But part of you is always connecting. And that's the part we've forgotten. It's the spirit. It's part of the monad that's connected to the 144. And it gets complicated, I know. <laughs> so um, This just goes to show you where my mind is, is always at in my life, is I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, when I'm really struggling and I'm feeling like the shame or the guilt, or I'm angry, I, I don't want to go to the grocery store. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to brush past them and, and share that language with them because I care so much about people. And then I'm like, wait a minute though, maybe that whatever emotion I'm feeling, I can embrace it and not resist it. And it's okay in that moment. And then I wrap it with love and maybe anger or, or however I'm feeling that day might my light language might share that we might connect with someone when we walk by and it's meant to be, they're supposed to feel it. We're supposed to connect. It's going to trigger something in both of us to help heal. Yes. Yeah. You don't mind coming to my house. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, and one more thing. It's not just brushing past people on the physical and the shamans have taught us this in the medicine men it's thinking. So if you think about somebody, your mom or something, immediately that energy goes in and they feel it. Whether they pick up on it or not depends on where they are and their consciousness of how they experience it and translate it. But okay. yes, you're always sharing. I love where you're going because what you're telling me is you're learning how to transmute. You're learning. You can't be afraid of light language. It is what it is. You can't be afraid to be the drop of water in the, in the ocean. You're just going to be the drop of water in the ocean. <laughs> you can't mm -hmm. help it. You can choose now that you're conscious how we affect others. And I think what we see on like television or what we've seen in the last year with COVID is how we've affected each other, whether we've been in grief or mourning, whether we've been angry, however that is, affect each other on those different levels mm. of light. Oh my gosh, you have been so amazing. And tell me, your father, he must've just been an, a true inspiration to all that you have become and, and what you teach. Where did your father get that wisdom? Where did your father get his teachings? Uh, well, he studied Buddhism and he studied with the Native American. He studied with the Corandera. And actually there are five children. I'm the only adopted child and I'm the fourth child. And he I was married to another lady before my mom and had three children. And the reason I tell you the story is because they had a fourth child and the child died at birth. And my father... Mm -hmm ended up burying the child on the land. And, and he came when I was adopted with my mom um, and I have a younger sister. 
Uh, but what's interesting, when I was adopted, and as soon as I came into his life, he passed everything on to me. Yeah, that wasn't the biological. Because he said, I remember you. You came back to me. And these are for you. Wow. Teachings, I, I was taught at a very young age. My mother also, you know, she was a part of it and very encouraging and, and, and yeah. part of it. I was very fortunate to have two parents that, that were a part of teaching that. Well, you are a pleasant soul and you're a teacher. You're 100%. And when you teach, it's coming from like such a place of, of love and authenticity, not from just a textbook. And you're really, really good at it. And I feel so lucky to have sat here with you and to have been able to take this in like your student, like Shanna talked about at the beginning. So thank you. Well, I am so honored to be here with both of you. Tell our listeners where they can find you and tell them about your book and where they can purchase it and tell them about your university to give them all the yummy stuff about you. <laughs> well, we, we have workshops and uh, classes on lightlanguageuniversity.com. And so we teach, uh, I teach on the weekends, usually on Zoom. I do have a private practice called circleinsights.com. I do different, I do Reiki, <laughs> different, different modalities of helping people. My goal is to empower people. I don't mind doing sessions with people to get them started. But my whole idea is to give you back your keys. You need to learn how to drive. And so if I can get you started, then the next thing is the university, because that way you are the driver. You're the master. So you're like jumpstart cables. <laughs> You can say that. <laughs> private practice is kind of like that, yes. And the other side of those cables are hooked to, to God and unconditional love. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and we have two books on Amazon. We have uh, a, a Journey into the Sacred Heart, which is actually my awakening experience, which was quite interesting. And then I have a book called, and it's um, it's a children's book for adults, which, and we have it free. If you go to our, uh, we have Circle Insights, what is it, YouTube channel, and Light Language University has a YouTube channel, but we try to, I try to, to send teachings and stuff because I want to get this out to everyone and make it accessible to everyone. We did do the children's book. I narrate that, and that's free on YouTube if you want to hear it. But if you want to buy the book, then you can go to Amazon. <laughs> we do have a podcast. It's called The Light Code Portal. People can send in, ask questions during, and it's live. And then we, we do publish it. And then the other thing we have is new to all this question mark. So anybody who just has a question, who wants to take a class, it's $35 on Wednesday, every other Wednesday night. I'm there. It's a Zoom class and you can come in. It can be like this. You can just ask questions. Oh, you Thank you so much. You have been just a pleasure. We love your language. <laughs> <laughs> and yours is, as well. <laughs> So to wrap things up, we always do this thing called BTSD. It's called break that shit down. And what we do <laughs> is we ask our guests to just maybe take a moment and whatever is being told to you or whatever's on your heart. And now it's time for break that shit down. Are you channeling information? Yes, and this is light language. Again, the silent language of the soul, and yet it's not so silent. 
and we're speaking in a part of oneness. It is our birthright. That might be the most powerful break that shut down Sense of Soul podcast has ever had. Anna, you are such an amazing soul. It's so nice to meet you. Oh, it's lovely meeting you too. I know. I hope we'll we'll get to meet again for sure. <laughs> so thank you so much to both of you, and thank you for the beautiful work you're doing and teaching. I feel like I'm like in a twilight. In the twilight. Twilight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't want to come out of this right now. Thank you. Well, you have to because you have a life. <laughs> yeah, because I got to go pick so up I always my have to remind girls. myself. All right. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, that was beautiful. I appreciate it. And I agree, Shanna, that was powerful. Wow. I mean, for a moment there, I was like, I, I mean, I can't even talk. My ears are going super wild right now. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you both. Namaste. Okay. To you. you too. Beautiful. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.